right, before we get back to the topic that we were just discussing, the government's um, slight change from uh, their current policy on drugs. We'll get back to that in a moment. Uh, first, let's talk to Simon Marks, in, who joins us, hopefully, from America. Hello, Simon. I do join you. How are you, Nick? Excellent. Uh, very good. Thank you. Uh, Bob Dole is not a name that we are familiar with uh, here, really. Uh, he has uh, died, not unsurprisingly, being 98 years old. What, what, uh, do we, what should we know about Bob Dole? Well, I think listeners of a certain vintage will certainly recognise the name because, remember, he was the Republican Party's presidential candidate uh, who lost to Bill Clinton in the 1996 presidential election. And uh, he died today after a battle with lung cancer, as you said, at the age of 98. And unusually, in the current political environment, we've seen tributes being paid to him generously and warmly by figures on both sides of the aisle. President Biden, who of course worked with uh, Bob Dole in the Senate for many years, has ordered flags to be flown at half-mast at uh, government buildings uh, for the next several days in memory of a man who not only had a glittering political career, but before that was a war hero. He uh, was left for dead on the battlefields of Italy in World War II uh, and miraculously survived wounds uh, that battlefield medics uh, determined at the time were going to prove fatal. Uh, and from that point on, every day that he lived subsequently for decades to come, uh, he really viewed uh, as a bonus and an opportunity to engage in public service. And what people are remembering today about Bob Dole is that, again, in a, in a dramatic contrast with the polarised nature of politics today, he was a Republican who uh, took steps to introduce the American with Disabilities Act uh, at a time of tremendous uh, turmoil within the Republican Party about whether to get behind that. He was one of the prime movers behind efforts to make sure that America would celebrate Martin Luther King Day uh, as a holiday every year. Again, something that large numbers of Republicans at the time uh, objected to. And if you want to get a sense of how much politics in this country has changed. Just take a listen to this. It's Bob Dole conceding defeat in the 1996 presidential election uh, to Bill Clinton. And listen to the way that he deals with the rowdy right-wingers in the crowd who don't want him to behave in the kind of time-honoured way that politicians from his generation always behaved in. I, I was thinking on the way down the elevator, tomorrow will be the first time my life I don't have anything to do. <laughs> Let me say that I've, I've talked to President Clinton. We had a good visit, and I congratulated him. And I've said... I've said repeatedly... Wait, I've said repeatedly in this... I've said repeatedly in this campaign that the president is my opponent, not my enemy. And I wish him well, and I pledge my support and whatever advances the cause of a better America, is that what the race was about in the first place? A better America as we go into the next century? Quite literally, an archival bit of audio, almost from the land that time forgot. It was notable today that Donald Trump 
paid generous tribute to Bob Dole. Uh, Bob Dole had indicated within the last uh, few months of his life that he had grown tired uh, of President Trump's antics, although the two of them were uh, allied when Donald Trump was running uh, for the presidency. Uh, but it's notable that that kind of tone that he struck there back in 1996 is at the moment, unfortunately, something that is completely absent uh, from uh, the political uh, football field. 1996, where well, it seems from the sound that the crowd, well, some people in that crowd were making, that there were Trump fans yeah, before yeah. Trump had even run. It's really interesting, isn't it? You can actually hear in that crowd, you can hear the nascent uh, formation of a right wing within the Republican Party that subsequent presidential candidates would struggle to control. You remember when John McCain was running for the presidency against Barack Obama and a woman in, in a crowd during a town meeting that he was holding said that she wasn't going to vote for Barack Obama because he was a Muslim and he, and he, and he, was a, uh, he didn't love America. And McCain interrupted her and said, no, ma'am, no, ma'am, I'm sorry, you're wrong about that. He's not a Muslim. And he is an American citizen, and he absolutely loves America. And uh, that was another moment like that in the history of the Republican Party where you could see the page turn coming, uh, as it did when Donald Trump uh, took the, the helm of the Republican Party and, and continues, uh, really, to hold the Republican Party in a vice-like grip. Uh, but it's interesting to hear those archival sound clips now because you can hear just the first rustling of what ultimately we're dealing with today here. Now, on another subject, the uh, world is um, wrestling now with this new variant of the invisible menace, Omicron, and um, we have uh, restrictions on travel now being imposed to, uh, upon us from Tuesday. You've got to take a, a test and uh, pass it with a negative result before you're allowed to come back. Uh, what's, what's happening with uh, Joe Biden in America? Well, he made a big speech, or what they claimed was going to be a big speech on Thursday, in which he was allegedly going to announce his strategy for battling COVID-19 generally through the holiday season here, and the Omicron variant more specifically. Uh, I mean, I think it's important to underscore the Omicron variant has spread rapidly, uh, not just from coast to coast uh, in the continental United States, but beyond the coast. I mean, we've seen outbreaks at an anime convention uh, attended apparently by 53,000 people last month in New York City. Who knew? But we've also seen outbreaks that have stretched all the way to Hawaii in the middle of the Pacific. So it's pretty apparent that Omicron is going to uh, become, uh, if not the dominant strain here, as Delta is currently, uh, certainly it's going to give uh, Delta a run for its money. President Biden, it was rumoured a week ago was thinking about the possibility of uh, announcing quarantine for two days for all arriving travelers including american citizens they were going to be required to do a day two uh, test to release you know come up with a negative result on day two and you could get yourself uh, out of quarantine in the event he didn't announce that at all the only change really of merit uh, of notes that he announced uh, was that international travelers coming here as of tomorrow instead of having to get a COVID test within 72 hours of their departing flight, 
are now required, he said, to get a COVID test within 24 hours of their departing flight. But if you actually uh, dig in to the detail of this that the airlines are sending to passengers, and I only noticed this this morning when I happened to get an email from United Airlines telling me what the new uh, rules of the road were for, for people like me who have, you know, are, are still engaging in international travel. It's not 24 hours. It's a calendar day before you leave. So let's say for the sake of argument, your flight to America for Christmas is going to depart at uh, 10 o'clock in the evening on a Wednesday. Well, you could get your negative COVID test at 9 o'clock in the morning on the Tuesday. I mean, it's 37 hours in that case uh, between getting the test and getting on board the flight. Uh, it's going to put some strain on the testing industry there and in other parts of the world. Uh, there are, there's still fury in South Africa over the travel ban that he implemented yeah. uh, once uh, Omicron had been identified in South Africa and notable that the first case that was identified here out in California was an American citizen who had been in South Africa, who was allowed to come back to the United States because the travel ban only applied to foreigners. It didn't apply to American citizens. So he brought the Omicron back with his baggage to San Francisco. Uh, I think there is growing pressure on the Biden administration to drop that travel ban because even the uh, Secretary General of the United Nations has been arguing it's travel apartheid mm. uh, in terms of excluding uh, people from the country while lots of other people are still able to come here from Europe, uh, Americans who have been in Southern Africa from all over the place bring him, bringing uh, Omicron with them. The other, the other point to make, Nick, is that this has spurred uh, renewed interest among Americans in booster shots. So we are seeing now uh, roughly a million people a day getting boosted. In fact, in one 24-hour period at the end of last week, two million Americans got boosters. There's still more than 100 million Americans who need to get boosters. So let's see if that pattern continues for the next 100 days. But it certainly has sparked more public demand for the booster shots than we'd previously witnessed. And is... Uh... Is it still people's um, acceptance of uh, the, you know, the various um, measures to try to restrict the flow of this virus? Is, is it still based on party lines? I saw a couple of cartoons today which were sort of along the lines of a Republican knucklehead was saying, I'm not going to take a vaccine and I'm not going to take a... I'm not going to wear a mask. Why is the president screwing up the response to this virus? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, to a great degree, it is absolutely falling along party lines uh, with moderate Republicans in some numbers beginning to announce their retirement from Congress because they can't face the, the, the hassle of having to deal with the extremists in Congress who now absolutely dominate Republican debate on a daily basis. Um, Republicans uh, argue uh, not entirely that they're anti-vaccine, although clearly some are. They argue that it's up to each individual to decide whether they want to get vaccinated and what the Biden administration is engaged in through its vaccine mandates, which, by the way, the courts have largely uh, now delayed. You know, these, these mandates that allow private employers uh, to require every employee, if they've got more than 100 on their work, uh, on, on their payroll, to be vaccinated or to produce a negative COVID test every, uh, every week. Those, those laws are still undergoing judicial 
judicial review and will eventually uh, be adjudicated by the US Supreme Court. It seems highly likely that that's going to be the outcome there. Uh, Republicans say what the Biden administration is doing is engaging in tyranny. Hmm. They're taking your freedoms away. And we even saw this week a medical doctor enter the fray, Dr. Mehmet Oz, uh, who's the host of this TV show here. I'm sure it's on in the UK somewhere, Dr. Oz. Um, And uh, (laughs) Dr. Oz has announced that he's going to be a candidate for the Republicans uh, in an open Senate seat in Pennsylvania. Uh, You know, another rich bloke off the telly who Mm. has decided he's going to run for office. But it's going to be very interesting to see how Dr. Oz, who has... Uh, you know, largely been pretty responsible in terms of the public health messaging that he's presented on his television program over the years. How is he going to thread this needle? Because in his opening uh, salvo, his television ad is all about America first and Joe Biden's taking our freedoms away and they've they've reacted in completely the wrong way to COVID-19. Okay, Doc, so what's your suggestion? I saw a tweet from um, that comical gun-toting yeehaw. Um, oh, You'll have to um, be more specific. <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene. Ah. Oh. She said, um, you know, this is uh, tyranny. They're closing, um, you know, uh, many, many Americans die of cancer and they didn't close schools and we, and we don't have to uh, wear masks and we don't have to get vaccines. Rather missing the point that cancer is not on... <laughs> you don't catch it by breathing in air. Yeah, and, and I mean, there's been hypocrisy, uh, you know, all over uh, American politics this week because, on the one hand, it's tyrannical for the American government to try and uh, force people uh, to be vaccinated against COVID-19 uh, and the freedom of Americans uh, to resist uh, that kind of medical procedure uh, is absolutely paramount to the Republicans, but these are the same Republicans who are now pinning their hopes in the US Supreme Court, uh, which this week was beginning uh, to hear a, an abortion case that yeah. may well see the legalization of abortion established back in 1973 in another landmark Supreme Court case uh, overturned and undone. When it comes to that kind of uh, freedom, the Republicans uh, have less interest in uh, supporting it or seeing it promulgated. Precisely, yes. Um, so let's, just finally, there's been an upset in the land of cable news. Chris oh, Cuomo mm. um, was the biggest draw on CNN, wasn't he? Well, apparently, yes. What happened I mean, there? Uh, uh, well, what happened there is he's, he's the brother, of course, of Governor Andrew Cuomo, the uh, disgraced governor of New York who had to resign over uh, a host of sexual harassment uh, claims. We knew weeks ago, and CNN knew weeks ago, and Chris Cuomo conceded weeks ago that he had engaged in providing some degree of advice to his brother, who, by the way, was a regular guest on Chris Cuomo's TV show when the good days were happening and Governor Andrew Cuomo was the darling of the Democratic Party for leading the fight against COVID-19 in New York City. We knew that brother Chris, the CNN personality, had provided advice to Andrew uh, about how to handle the political storm in which he found himself. Uh, It seemed pretty bizarre that CNN didn't part way with him weeks ago, but then came the release of thousands of pages uh, of documents this week that indicated he was far more deeply involved in not just giving his brother advice 
drafting statements, providing information about news coverage that was coming up. Uh, and now it's being reported here by the website Politico. Uh, also, there is a lawyer who says that a woman is uh, about to accuse uh, Chris Cuomo of uh, some kind of uh, sexual harassment in some sort of a Me Too case. So CNN uh, suddenly announced within the last 36 hours that Chris Cuomo is out. He's gone. He's been terminated. I mean, I think, frankly, this raises as, as you know, questions that are enormous for Chris, for Chris Cuomo and how on earth he possibly thought he could show up at work to anchor a news programme when he'd been so uh, completely, um, sort of egregiously ignored journalistic mm. standards. Yeah. But there's huge questions for CNN in all of this as well. And any junior reporter that had engaged in similar activity or a, or a, or a low-level producer, they would have been shown the door immediately. Well, but yes. Big the stars, bringing though. the money in. Yeah, yeah he's bringing big, the money big stars. in. Yeah, so he's going to be terminated. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to kill him. <laughs> I know. It, says, it seems a bit over the top. It but, said uh, in the statement that he has been terminated <laughs> and people are going, really? You know. yeah. Simon, good to talk to you. Thanks for that. Cheers, Simon Marks joining us there from America.